We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome to the Pack a Day podcast. We are the first 365 day a year Packers podcast. You can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or you can check us out at cheeseheadtv.com. My name is Andrew Mertig, and I'm joined by my co host, Kyle Fellows. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. Football is back. Uh, it's been a great week. Um, my son is actually two and a half years old, and he said, go, Pat, go for the first time yesterday. So I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling like I, I've done my part as a father. I'm not a parent, and I don't plan to be one anytime soon. <laughs> but the only upside of being a father seems to be teaching your your son to say, go, Pat, go. That's right. You got to raise him right. So absolutely uh so we're going to talk a little bit about news today no injury news that's good news apparently Aaron Rodgers apparently Aaron Rodgers made an incredible no-look throw to Geronimo Allison in the two-minute drill two-minute drills are not allowed to be videotaped at Packers training camp so we don't have any video proof of this but apparently it was spectacular J.K. Scott continues to look tremendous it sounds like a cannon goes off when he kicks the football these are good things. We're so excited about a punter. This is just weird, but it just feels right. We're in the heat of football season. We're getting ready to get started. 
the best Packers punter since Craig Hendrich. No doubt. So, you can go back and listen to our offensive preview from last week, but the reason why I was screaming in the intro and the reason why I'm super fired up is because today's show will be the second part of our roster preview. We're going to be talking about the defense position by position. We're going to make our roster predictions. The defense has obviously been a real issue the last few years, but we now have Mike Pettin leading the ship. He is going to bring an edge, a nastiness, maybe a mean streak to this defense. I am super excited about what seems to be the deepest defensive roster we've had in several years. So we're going to get this thing kicked off with the defensive line. Kyle, what are your thoughts on the guys in the trenches? Yeah, I have uh, six guys making this roster from uh, the defensive line. I have Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, Muhammad Wilkerson, Dean Lowry, Montrevious Adams, and James Looney uh, making this team. And in my opinion, this is easily the most exciting D-line group that Green Bay has brought to camp in years. Uh, Mike Daniels is a stud. We know this. Uh, Kenny Clark was a great first round pick and is already a really good player. The crazy thing with Clark is that he's only 22 years old, which is the same age as this year's rookie Josh Jackson. So it's fun to imagine what his ceiling might actually be as he continues to get better. And he's going to be great for a long time. Um, I think the Muhammad Wilkerson free agency edition is actually one that's uh, maybe a little bit underrated, even though people do talk about it. I think that's going to be huge for this defense. I think uh, it's likely that he does get back to his dominant form now that he's reunited with uh, Coach Pettin. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch. And then Dean Lowry had some big flash plays last year, um, but was quietly really consistent all year and is a real luxury to have as that fourth guy that you can rotate in with a lot of confidence on this defense. And so I think those guys safely make the team. And then I think it gets a little bit more interesting after that. Um, Montrevious Adams didn't show us much last year after being the Packers' third-round pick. And um, he was really prevented from doing anything more than he did because of an injury. And so he's actually expressed frustration with last season and really even felt that he let down his teammates because he was not able to get onto the field. And so he's highly motivated coming into 2018. He's a really athletic kid. He's 6'4", 305. And even at that size, he ran a 4.8740 yard dash which is just ridiculous for a defensive tackle. So it'll be really fun to see if he can put it all together to show that athleticism on the field. Uh, James Looney is my sixth lineman. He was uh, the Packers' seventh-round selection this year. And uh, Looney projects as kind of a pass-rushing, penetrating defensive tackle. Uh, He's really not a huge guy. He's 6'3 and 287. But when you watch his Cal tape uh, from college, he has a great first step and really does well to use his hands as a pass rusher. And he's one of those guys that when you watch him, you just notice that his motor never stops. Uh, He's always getting after it. And that's the kind of guy that you want rushing the passer. And so I think it'll be fun to see him develop. And I do think that he makes this team. Um, I know of three or four uh, draft evaluators who actually had um, a third or fourth round grade on Looney. And so the fact that the Packers got him in the seventh round is actually pretty uh, amazing. And I think that they probably got a steal when they did. Absolutely. I also have Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Muhammad Wilkerson. I think they could potentially be the best defensive line unit in the NFL, especially with Aaron Donald holding out with the Rams. Uh, Dean Lowry is a really good young emerging talent. Montrevious Adams could be a big difference maker. 
I also had James Looney making the roster. And I really like the undrafted free agents, Tyler Lancaster, Northwestern, Connor Sheehy from Wisconsin. I think one of those two is going to make the practice squad and and maybe both. Uh, so let's transition then to edge rushers since we're in agreement with all the defensive linemen. I had Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Vince Beagle, Reggie Gilbert, and one surprise candidate making the active roster. Clay can drive me crazy. When he decides to play outside of the defense and lose contain, it is frustrating to watch. There were several situations where the Packers defense got gashed for big plays as a result of Clay's over pursuit. However, he is one of the only edge rushers who have shown the ability to win one-on-one matchups, which is going to be really important this season. I think it's going to be to Green Bay's benefit if Clay can become a rotation player to stay fresh and not have to be on the field a whole heck of a lot. It'll also help keep him healthy throughout the season. Nick Perry, despite some fans' angst about him and his contract, is one of the stoutest players against the run in the whole league. It's not glamorous. Uh, You know, getting 15 sacks would certainly be prettier, but Perry is one of the reasons the Packers have been very good against the run the last few years. He doesn't have the athleticism to scare tackles with a speed rush, but I think he can set up his power moves to get to the quarterback. Beagle is intriguing to me. I think a lot of people are very high on him because he is a Wisconsin product, but I see a player who does everything really well, but not great. That's not a knock on him or his ability. Mike Pettin has certainly gotten big production out of edge rushers who have a lot less talent than than Beagle does. I like Reggie Gilbert a lot. He has a little bit more flash to his pass rush than Beagle does. He has to develop some moves to counter opposing tackles, though. I think he's a little bit too one-dimensional. I also want to list some some pre-draft results from two guys. One guy ran a 4.45 second 40, a 4.37 20-yard shuttle, a 7.06 second three cone. He had a 40-inch vertical, a 10-foot 11-inch broad jump, 20 bench reps at 250 pounds. That is elite athleticism. The other guy ran a 4.53 40, a little bit better 20-yard shuttle and three-cone drill, a little bit worse on the vertical jump and the broad jump, and had 21 bench reps, also coming in at about 250 pounds. Those two players were Kendall Donerson, the Packers' late-round draft pick, and Von Miller. So, So when you talk about elite athletes in this league, Kendall Donerson is one of them. Now, his tape and his productivity in college don't match that at all. He needs some time to turn into a football player. So most people would assume that he would spend probably a redshirt season on the practice squad. But I have a lot of faith that Mike Pettin is going to be able to get this guy up to speed. He is going to show out this preseason. I think he can beat offensive tackles with pure athleticism right from the get-go. And he is going to be a major factor on special teams. So my hot take for this week is that Kendall Donerson is my surprise lock to make the active roster.
a lock. A lock. A lock. Wow, Andrew, with the hot takes today. All right. So you're telling me. Now, I've heard some people say, like, hey, we should throw out, you know, a first-round pick for Khalil Mack or maybe drop a first-round pick on, you know, someone like um, your friend there, uh, Von Miller. But you're telling me that the Green Bay Packers just have to spend a seventh-round pick to get the same guy. Is that what you're telling me? I'm not saying he's going to have 15 sacks this year. I'm saying he's going to make the roster. All right. All right. I'll, uh, I'll buy into your hot take a little bit here. In all seriousness, though, I do think that the athleticism with Donerson is undeniable. So it will be really fun to see him uh, develop and see what he can bring as a pass rusher. So um, my pass rushers, uh, we both have five edge rushers making this team. Uh, we're the same on four of them. Uh, I've got Clay, Nick Perry, Vince Beagle, and Reggie Gilbert. But my fifth guy is actually Kyler Fackrell. And I know that I risk a lot of credibility with this take. And if you could see uh, Andrew's face right now, I'm sure it would just like, it's killing me. But I plead with our listeners to not turn off this podcast because I really do think that Kyler Fackrell will make this team not because he's an impact pass rusher. He's not. He, in fact, he's actually been horrible. Uh, there's a gif out there of Kyler Fackrell uh, being handled by an offensive tackle, and he basically just slides him backwards like he's on ice skates, right? So it's not pretty. Uh, I do believe that Kyler Fackrell makes this 53-man roster on special teams merit alone. Um, obviously, the Packers would love to get a dynamic pass rusher from their number five outside backer. Uh, that would be a huge bonus. But what I think is more realistic and what I think the Packers will weigh more heavily when they're constructing this roster will be what the fifth edge rusher can contribute on special teams. And I think that Fackrell is easily a better special teams contributor than either Donerson or Chris Odom at this point, though I think both of those guys uh, should make the practice squad and might actually make their way to the active roster at some point this season. But I can't quite uh, let Kyler Fackrell go just because I do think he adds so much on the special teams end of things. I really thought that we were off to a great start with this podcast. I thought we could be friends but honestly, putting Kyler Fackrell on the roster means we shouldn't even be on speaking terms anymore. I are mean, we, are we done here? Is that what you're telling me? We might be. We might I, just I'm just, I'm just saying, Fackrell could be a really good player in the league if he had speed, or strength, or quickness, or pass rush moves, or general football ability. <laughs> the only sacks I want him to be concerned with this year or whether I want paper or plastic. Oh my gosh. You heard it here first folks coming soon. Tyler Fackrell bagging groceries at a local supermarket near you. That's a brutal take, Andrew. I don't know. Do you think that, do you think Tyler listens to this? I really hope not. I think Kendall Donerson's mom followed me on Twitter this week. Not even joking. So I hope Kyler Fackrell's family stays away from me. I hope that Kyler Fackrell's mom stays a long way away from you. (laughs) I don't know if that was a your mom joke or not. I'm not sure, but we probably should move to inside linebackers before I get in trouble. All right. So uh, inside linebacker, uh, until last week, I had Jake Ryan. Rest in peace. Blake Martinez, Oren Burks as my three linebackers. Um, Obviously, a lot has changed with the Ryan injury. uh, That will cost him his 2018 season. So uh, my new group of backers is Blake Martinez, Oren Burks, and Ahmad Thomas. All right. So 
I'm going to get into Thomas in just a second. But first, Blake Martinez has really become quite a stud uh, for the Packers at linebacker. I have to admit that the year that the Green Bay Packers drafted him in the fourth round, I had a big crush on Miles Jack and Reggie Ragland. So I was pretty disappointed that they waited until the fourth round to take Martinez. Uh, but Ted Thompson, like always, knew what he was doing. And so Blake has developed into a really good position player for us at linebacker. Uh, in fact, he really did uh, a nice job last year. And according to Pro Football Focus, was a top 10 run-stopping linebacker last year. So um, we're going to miss Jake Ryan. Um, and I think that that's going to open the door for Oren Burks to fill that role. Um, Oren Burks out of Vanderbilt. The Packers obviously thought a lot of Burks. They traded up to get him. Um, and he really does have the skill set to be one of the most athletic linebackers that Green Bay has had in years. And so uh, he'll see that time early and often. He'll help us with covering tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. Uh, but the Packers probably don't uh, need to they probably should hope that we don't see him as much as uh, we would want to see maybe Ryan out there at the beginning. Um, but I think that the Packers uh, will carry three linebackers to this team, uh, to the 53-man roster. Uh, so Jake Jake's injury opens the door for one of these dark horses to make it to the team. Uh, we've heard a lot about Greer Martini in camp so far. Uh, but mostly that he's just been running with the ones and twos on special teams. So uh, he's a limited athlete with a really high football IQ who gives a lot of effort. So that gives him a chance. Uh, there's also CJ Johnson and Marcus Porter. But my prediction is that Ahmad Thomas will be the third linebacker to make this team. Thomas signed with Green Bay last fall and spent five weeks on the practice squad at the end of the season. Uh, but Green Bay saw enough to bring him back this year. He was a former safety at Oklahoma and was a team captain his senior year. Um, so as a former safety, he does need to put on some extra weight. The Packers currently have him listed at 220 pounds. Uh, so if he can add a few pounds, he might be the kind of athlete that would make a good third linebacker and a great special teams contributor. Uh, and just yesterday, there were reports coming out of camp that uh, the Packers are holding off signing a veteran because they really do uh, think highly of Burks and they believe uh, in developing guys like Ahmad Thomas. But we'll have to wait and see how this position shakes out a little bit. I, I really like Martinez, too. I don't love him as much um, as I, th I think you're leading on, but he is very solid. He's definitely their number one. I think the Ryan injury forces the Packers to be more creative in run situations, but I thought Burks was going to take his third down snaps anyways. I am very intrigued to see C.J. Johnson, Ahmed Thomas, Porter, and Martini fight it out uh, over the course of the preseason, my prediction is that C.J. Johnson and then Ahmad Thomas do make the roster uh, with Marcus Porter sliding into potentially a, a practice squad role. So we will move on to cornerback. A lot has been made about the cornerback position, and understandably so. Tremont played great for the Cardinals last year. He also serves as a mentor for what is a very young group. Kevin King, we need to remember, he's 6'3", he runs a 4-4-40. That's really impressive. And hey, I thought he showed really good toughness in the run game last year. When his shoulder was right, he looked to me like a future number one cornerback, especially going up against guys like Julio Jones. Jair seems to have the right skill set and mental makeup to be the slot corner right from the get-go. To me, Josh Jackson was a first-round talent in my mind. I, in fact, would have been very happy if we took him at 14. He lacks elite speed 
traits, but I think he has the best ball skills of any Packers D-back since Chuck Woodson. I love Lindsey Pipkin's competitiveness. I thought he was one of the, the guys that was still out there trying hard and competing, even after some of the other players packed it in. <laughs> ha ha, Clinton Dix. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know next to nothing about Herb Waters' ability to play corner. But the coaching staff is so high on him and been raving about him so long, I'm going to assume he makes the roster. This is finally a position group that I'm not going to be terrified every time somebody's a little bit slow to get up or every time a deep pass is thrown. I think this is the deepest corner group that I can remember watching in Green Bay in a very long time. I think you're right. Um, I think that this is the best I've felt about the position group uh, in years. Uh, So I have six guys making the team as well. Um, I have Tremont Williams, Kevin King, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, Lindsey Pipkins. And instead of Herb Waters, uh, who I agree looks good in shorts, and I've seen some cut-ups on Twitter of Herb Waters, but like you, I have no idea how that's going to translate to the field. So I went with Devon House. And I know that I might get, uh, you know, people might be up in my mentions on Twitter about Devon House. Uh, But the reason I went with House is mostly based on the role that he plays. I think that ideally Green Bay will start Tremont and King on the outside with Jair in the slot. I think this makes Josh Jackson the backup at perimeter corner and Lindsey Pipkins uh, the dime or the backup nickel. Uh, That said, I don't think that the coaching staff will want to throw Josh Jackson to the Wolves if either King or Williams were to get hurt. They don't want to play him before he's ready. So keeping Devon House on the roster will allow Jackson to take his time developing without the pressure to play an outside corner role before he is ready. Uh, Admittedly, House isn't great, but he's a reliable veteran and he's also a great locker room influence for this really young CB room. So uh, Herb Waters, I think, is uh, still practice squad eligible. And I do think that there's a good chance he lands there again. Uh, Quentin Rollins was another tough cut for me. But finding a place for him on this crowded and talented group of corners is really tough. Uh, especially when the Packers can save just under a million dollars in cap space by moving on uh, from Rollins, even though he's getting some time at safety in camp, which is really interesting. Um, but I'm I'm good with my my six and with keeping House as my sixth corner. Uh, let's move on to safety, Andrew. Um, I have five safeties making the final fifty-three. Uh, those guys are Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Uh, Kentrell Bryce, Josh Jones, Marwin Evans, and Raven Green. All right. Wow. I think uh, HaHa will have a rebound season this year. I'm looking forward to see him playing under Petten, and I think we'll get a little bit more of the HaHa of old. Um, luckily, it sounds like Kentrell Bryce's injury wasn't as serious as it could have been. We'll have to kind of wait and see um, how quickly he'll be ready to be back out there at full speed. Uh, but Bryce is someone that I have liked for a really long time. I was uh, watching film of Louisiana Tech because, you know, I'm just like a nerd like that watching Louisiana Tech uh, before the 2016 NFL draft. Uh, But I was supposed to be watching Vernon Butler, the defensive lineman that was supposed to be a first or second round pick that year. But I couldn't help but notice the safety, Kentrell Bryce. And so when he went undrafted, I was really surprised. And I was really psyched when the Packers got him as an undrafted free agent. It's obvious that uh, Green Bay has really high hopes for him. Uh, until that injury, he was starting with the ones next to HaHa. So um, I'm really excited to see him develop. But I'm also really excited to see Josh Jones uh, develop a little bit. And I do hope that Jones 
uh, spends most of his time in the box as that line linebacker safety hybrid. Um, I think that's really the best spot for him on the field. Um, but Marwin Evans is somebody else that I do have making this team. And Marwin was awesome last preseason. I think people forget how good he was in August last year. Uh, he made the 2017 Pro Football Focus all preseason team. Um, honors upon honors there. So uh, we'll see what happens this year if he can get back to preseason form and uh, show off some of his skills. And then my dark horse undrafted free agent that makes the team this year is Raven Green. Uh, Green did play at a lower level of competition, but he dominated that level of competition. He broke the interception record at James Madison with 14 interceptions. Uh, he has instincts for days and really an unreal ability to click and close to the ball. Uh, and like I said, when you watch lower level competition, you want to see a player really stand out as the best player on the field. And he definitely does that when you watch him. And so I think Green Bay will elect to keep someone with his range and his playmaking upside over someone like Jermaine Whitehead, who I think is a safe special team contributor, but probably not much more than that. I like Clinton Dix. I like Jones. I do expect Bryce to come back and, and be healthy. Um, and I had Whitehead and Marwin Evans because of their special teams ability. Um, I think that's going to be really important. And especially because I ignored special teams at a few other areas on the roster, I really needed Whitehead to make the roster. Um, I was not as huge a fan of Raven Green as some others are. I think he's a little undersized. I didn't love his athleticism, but he did make a lot of plays in college. So he's definitely somebody to take a look at. So this is um, a defensive unit that we expect big things from. And I think under Mike Pettin's leadership, we can expect a lot of changes and certainly a lot better performance this year. Yeah, I would agree. I think this is the first time in a few years that Packer fans should be excited uh, to watch both the offensive and the defensive side of the game. Uh, we're going to see the defense playing more aggressive and more confident right out of the gate. It sounds like we should expect a simpler playbook. Um, I can't remember where I heard this, but a vet player was talking about how the defensive playbook uh, has basically been cut in half. And so we can expect expect less thinking and just more reacting, just more playing football. And I think that we'll see a much faster, more disciplined group out of this defense this season. And I think guys like Clinton Dix and Mike Daniels are going to find new life playing for a guy like Coach Petten. And I think Petten's presence is the best thing that could happen for the development of guys like Kenny Clark and Josh Jones and Kevin King. So I think there's a lot to be excited on the defensive side of the ball. Excellent. Well, that's all our time for today. This has been the Pack-A-Day podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to follow at Pack-A-Day podcast as well, and subscribe on your favorite streaming service. Tomorrow's episode is going to be hosted by Jake and Mark, and of course, there's a new show every single day. You can catch Kyle and myself every Friday leading up to the start of the football season. Next week, we'll be breaking down the first preseason game because football is back. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember...
six-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over against the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good! Starts to his left. Now he moves, starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up. Rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high point and it's caught. It is caught for a touchdown. One kick away from the NFC Championship game. 